I mean, that's some especially small town style stuff. Pretty amazing. I mean, I was terrified. Yeah. But I was also mesmerized. Oh, you should be. I it, mean, it was like the the like juxtaposition of like gorgeousness and also like the most terrifying thing one of them I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it scared me. I was startled. I actually went like, ah. I'm so startled right now. I really was startled. I made a noise. I was just like, ah. Yeah. See, the thing is, you have to think about the mind frame. Of what created that. That is something that I haven't felt like for a while. Uh, but that is, uh, I can tell you some stories. Hello, everyone. Yeah. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sir X. Dylan, thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we're live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. We have a lot to talk about. But number one, I got to say it again, the Fun Employment Radio 10-year anniversary party is coming up on November 15th at the Bossa Nova Ballroom. The time is now to get your tickets. It is going to be so much fun. Um, so much going on at it. Fun Employment Radio doing a live show. Geek in the City doing a live show. Portland at the Movies doing a live show. The Praetorians <laughs> are performing. performing courage. And Courage. All as part of what's going on. There is still more that we haven't told you, but you need to get your tickets. Yes. But, I mean, if that's not enough, I mean, man, we're trying hard here. Yeah. it's And I we mean, kept the show that's... to 10 <laughs> bucks. 10 bucks. Because that's uh, – that's, a lot for ten dollars. Yes. We wanted to make sure that it was affordable to anybody who was worried about, you know, if there's anybody out there who was worried about ticket prices or, you know, times can be tough. And also, if you are worried about ticket prices, just send us an email. And let us know. Send us an email. We'll take care of you. No problem. Yep, yep. easy, and and it'll just be between us. Yep, not a problem at all. Send us send us an email. We will make sure you're taken care of. But that's uh, that's why we kept it at that price, and we want to just say thank you to everybody who's picking up tickets. It's awesome. <laughs> it's going to be a really really fun evening and night there at the Boston Nova Ballroom. I am right. super excited. Yeah, we've yeah. been prepping our we've been prepping away and it's going to be great. It's going to be so All much right. fun. So yes. All right, so moving on from that, also coming up on today's show, we have our interview with Liz Winstead, co-creator of the Daily Show, Liz Winstead. Yes. Uh, uh, head writer be, of the Daily Show, Liz yeah. Winstead. Yes. Uh, so Liz, uh, she's been on the show before and we're going to be talking about her tour coming through Portland and uh, and Eugene the Northwest in general, but just uh, we talk about a lot of things and she's just so great. So we'll be playing that here in a little bit. All right. Before we get to all that, we need to talk about something that Sarah is just – I don't even know much about this other than yeah. an image that you – a couple of images that you posted. I only posted one image because I have more that I haven't. I'm saving them. So there's two that I've seen. One you posted so far. Yes. And I think you should walk everybody through what you did. Well, I will say – so I'll just say like on the way to the property what I saw and then when I got to the property, we'll do that maybe after our Liz interview. Okay. All right. Okay. That sounds good. So uh, I, I spent the weekend in Bremerton, which was super awesome. I spent time with my family, got to hang out with my mom and dad and my sister and little Lulu. It was like the best. It was it was fun family, family fun. With mom and dad, my sister and little Lulu. It was. Went to the gala uh, in Tacoma on Saturday night, which was also really amazing. Um, so all in all, it was just an awesome weekend. So um, when great. I was coming back, I, I ended up staying last night at my parents' house and then driving back because I have a potential client who was looking for property um, in, like, the outlying Portland metro area, like, somewhere within, like, an hour of the, the yeah. city. So um, so she uh, – we had been looking at properties, and she was like, all right, I want to check this one out. And I'm like, cool, well, I'll just drive there 
on my way back from Bremerton, I ended up like going through Longview and you know taking right. Yeah, so uh, basically taking the like, long way, the long way back. Exactly. Like so, coming back from the Seattle area down to Portland, it's usually like a straight shot down I five. But I ended up going across the water to get into Oregon, and then kind of going to this beautiful land. Uh, Called Scapoose. Scapoose, Oregon. Scapoose, which I have not spent a lot of time in. Next Adventures in Scapoose. Awesome. They have one on the river. Yeah, they do their paddle center. Yep. Yep. Um, so I've not spent a lot of time in Scapoose. I, I have run through there when we did Hood to Coast. Uh-huh. Um, and that's pretty much the amount of time I've spent there. I've, I've spent uh, a fair amount of time in Scapoose and actually in particular outside of Scapoose. Uh, up in the hills, I used to know some some folks that lived out there, and so I was there. I was there quite a bit. It's a um, it's a very Oregon small town. It was, but I wasn't even in the town proper. I don't think I ever yeah. actually saw the town. Right. I believe I just actually just went into the hills. So yeah. So I was following my navigation system until, you know, it stopped working because I was going into the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. So I ended up downloading it, thankfully, because my phone stopped working. Immediately after I got off, like the tiny highway yeah. that's going along uh, the Willamette, along the Willamette, right? That's the Willamette. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Along the Willamette. Okay, excuse me. No, that's a lot. That's the Columbia. Is it? You're on the Columbia, right there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, whatever river. As soon as I like uh, deviated a little bit off of there, my phone just gone. So I'm yeah. like, all right. So now I'm going into the wilderness. I'm at the base of a mountain. No phone. All right. This is what's happening. I got I got a full tank of gas before I did though. Yeah. Because I know me, and that just seems like something that would happen. Like I would just run out of gas on the top of a mountain with no phone. <laughs> uh, so I started driving. So I'm following these directions. And as I'm going, like it's uh, – so basically from the freeway, it was still about 13 miles. Wow. 13 miles off of the freeway. It was way out That's there. some good country location right there. It was – so it was stunning. When I first got – you know, when I was first driving out there – it's just like rolling hills and it's like beautiful fall weather. So it's all like oranges and greens and brilliant sunlight and big red barns and green grass. It was just something out of a movie. Yeah. And driving like up and down these hills just through mm-hmm. these wooded areas. It's just absolutely it's, gorgeous. Sounds a lot like where I grew up. Yeah. it's So it's beautiful. But then you, know, you turn off and as you get deeper and deeper, it gets less farmy and more woods. <laughs> and it's still pretty. But it definitely feels like it's closing in on you a little bit. So the further – in or out, whatever you get. like. So here's the thing when you start getting further out like that, when you start getting into the really wooded sections and where people do live, but it's much less sparsely populated. A key difference there to remember is people who live on a farm, they're farming. They work. That's their job. Oh, yeah. So they may live way out in the middle of nowhere, and they like you know, and, and, that, and that's great. But there's also that's where their work is. People who live way up into the woods, they don't work up there. They just want to be up there because they want to be away from everything else. And there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with that too, but it does come with a certain mind frame that can easily skew from, hey, I just like nature to, oh, get away from me, stay away, outside world, they're coming to get me. And, uh, and, there's, there's, and then within that range, there's a whole bunch of people, but... You start to see more of that, and that happens everywhere. It happens where I grew up. I'm very unfamiliar with it. It felt like I was yeah. entering into, I swear, it felt like deliverance. Yeah, I it mean. It was, I mean, because there was like a little creek, and then there wasn't, and then like the woods keep getting thicker and thicker, and uh-huh. like the houses are like way further in the distance, further. and they're further and further, and there's like a you know old rickety bus stops and things like, I mean, because it's not dirty. It wasn't like trash or anything. It no. was just, it just feels like some things are like abandoned. Yeah. Because the forest took them back. The forest took them back. That's Uh exactly it. Yep. 
So yep. I'm heading up to this property to meet this person who I can't get a hold of at this point because my phone hasn't worked for like 25 minutes. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm just hoping against all hope that she's actually going to show up and that we both end up at the right place because it was kind of a confusing – it's a pretty big property. Yeah. And – um. Like uh, we, it was kind of difficult to navigate the way there, but we ended up figuring out being able to find it. So finally, as I'm getting, you know, I'm off the freeway, then I'm on another road, then on a side road, another side road, another side road. It's getting smaller and smaller, and you know, more potholes and gravel. You know, so eventually, I'm climbing up a mountain in the middle of in the middle of the woods, and it's still breathtakingly beautiful, but it's like it's squatch territory. Oh yeah, super thick woods. You can't see through them. It's just like woods as well, far as I can see. It's squatch territory for sure. Definitely Bigfoot territory, but also it's uh, hill people territory. Is it what felt kind of hill people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's just a different mentality. And I'm not talking about like you know, um, we got our compound kind of people. I'm talking about people who just they don't want to talk to anybody. They just want to live off the grid. They want to yeah. They just yeah. want to be out there. They want to enjoy nature, or they're just straight up some weirdos or a combination thereof mm. and that's like a lot of people I grew up with yeah yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you know these people yeah oh yeah and most of them are harmless but man they're weird I mean they're it was, weird it was pretty odd yeah so I'm just winding my way up this road and now it's gone from you know a, a paved road to a slightly less well paved road to a gravel road to now I'm on like a dirt road yeah and climbing up this mountain and finally I get to this I, I get to the road that I think I'm supposed to be at um, well, almost to the road. So what were you thinking wh- while you're doing this? Like, I hope I don't die. I actually I actually filmed while I was driving up. In case they found the... In uh, case they found, like, it, it was like a Blair Witch thing, and, like, they... They, they found, found it later. They'd they found it my together. phone on the ground, and uh-huh. they're like, oh, what is... Uh, where did that Sarah person the last, go? The last shot would just be some, like, rushed, like, like thing the, coming, uh, coming out of the yeah. side, and you're like, oh! Yeah. And then you hear just dragging off into the woods? Yep. Okay. Yeah, somebody making me their forest wife. Well, it could be. Well, you know. So I'm heading up the hill, and uh, I don't, well, should I just wait? Should we do our interview with Liz first? You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's interview. Let's 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 do that. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to it, to what happened to Sarah after. <laughs> the, she gets Clearly, up. I lived. So, <laughs> spoilers. I'm okay. Um, all right, let's let's do that. Well, let's go ahead and play our interview. So we do have we have Liz Winstead, who's going to be coming to town here in Portland on November twelfth at the Alberta Rose Theater for Abortion AF Tour, which is going to be happening here. It's it's uh, really cool uh, what she's doing. And so we're going to talk to her, and Beth Stilling's also going to be a part of this. So we'll go ahead and play the interview. Here it is, Liz Winstead on Fun Employment Radio. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. You have heard our guest on this show before, and we are so excited to have her back on here because she's going to be coming back through Portland for the uh, for her tour, Abortion AF. You can figure out what the AF is for. The tour. It's actually Access Front. Access Front. <laughs> yes. So you can figure it out. So you can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Abortion <laughs> AF, the tour, it's going to be coming uh, here to Portland, so we're so excited uh, to have joining us right now, Liz Winstead. Hello, Liz. <laughs> Hello, Liz. It seems like it's I'm been so a while. Excited to be back. We're so excited to have you back. When, so, when was the last time that you actually came to Portland? Gosh, I want to say maybe it was like 2013. Yeah, that sounds that about right. 20, right, 2012, 2013. You know, it's like um, I've done this massive pivot with my career, right? Just to take my comedy and my political activism and combine it with. Um, raising awareness about this onslaught of crazy ass, you know, abortion regulations that are happening all over the country. And abortion's doing great 
I mean, or- Oregon's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, you know what? You guys slipped off the map for a minute. Oh right! I know. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride over the last uh, few years. I would say. I think for everybody involved. Yeah. Well, for this, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say. In fact, it's been a wild ride for everyone but Oregon. (laughs) So that is you guys have been great. (laughs) Well, we got one thing going. (laughs) Right, I know we don't have much, but we have that. Um, But I want to talk about this tour because you just mentioned you're combining so many different parts of your career into one, you know, massive conglomeration of all of this, all these aspects. How, how does one go about doing that? How do you separate that out for a live show? So what's pretty fun. So people that don't know me, you know, my background is stand up and, and political activism a little bit. I was a co-creator of the daily show and the head writer there. And then I launched air America radio. And the thing that was interesting was I, I built this career where I was sort of dropping, um, you know, topics around politics and stuff into my shows and then on TV. But when you work in corporate media, there's kind of these rules where it's like, um, number one, you must be funny. Number two, if you're going to try to make a point, it must be funny. And number three, you can't be an activist, right? Right. And so, uh, so a lot of times I would get people all riled up with like laying out knowledge and even though they were laughing they were like but what can i do and i'm like i don't know i'm just a comedian and i hated that because i was just sort of an anger fluffer and then i was like i just don't know if i feel satisfied being part of a culture that Twitter is so much part of and Facebook and everything else where it's like people get all riled up and then they don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so I started touring the country doing fundraisers for clinics, Planned Parenthoods and independent, independent clinics. And I was talking to the activists on the ground. And when I would go visit the clinics, they would say, you know, thanks for coming. You know, no one ever comes here. And we come to work every day and we walk through a throng of people calling us baby killers and calling us murderers. And, you know, we're helping them get back on track with their lives. And it feels really demoralizing. And so I was like, wait a minute. There's no one actually sort of looking out for how the clinics are doing in this massive landscape of trying to curb this legislation and getting more, you know, escorts at the clinics and stuff. And so I thought, you know, I think that this could solve all of my problems. So I got together a bunch of comics and like filmmakers and graphic designers and folks I knew from the production and, and comedy world. And I said, I think we need to combine everything that we're doing and hit the road and see if we can energize communities to learn about what's going on. So a couple of years ago, um, I formed a nonprofit and we make videos that sort of expose these laws on a general level. And then we're on the road like three or four months out of the year. And we go to places like mostly we're in like Jackson, Mississippi and Alabama and Arkansas. And we do a show uh, with amazing comics. And then we have three, 400 people in a room and we're just fun. And then after each show, we have a conversation with the local activists and the people who are providing the care. And they tell the audience what a what's going on with legislation how they can fight back with you know against the laws and then also they just talk about what it means and the struggles of being a provider 
And then we have a conversation with the audience about how they can be moral support for their community clinics, how they can fight the laws. And then we have tables and activists who have tables in the room right there. And then people can sign up and work with the locals on the ground. So our sort of like the thing we can do is bring a lot of people into a room and provide a good time. And then the locals can say, here's where you need to pitch in. And so it combines all of it together in the night of having fun, learning, and then taking action right there. And then being able to sign up with organizations where you can take action throughout the year. That's amazing. So you have the entertainment factor, but then also you have this tangible information that people can take and apply it to their lives to try and help their community and other people. That's exactly right. And a community connection that can put them to work. And to me, that is like the big component. And I think a lot of folks don't realize, and, you know, it's because it's not reported on at all. Like, you know, there's, we have a docket that we look at. um, And we have about 140 stories that come into our docket every week about people trying to curb laws against birth control or abortion. And you compare that to what you see in like corporate media on cable news or in newspapers. And it's not reported on at all. And so it, that part is really shocking to me. But the other thing that I learned that I think is super valuable is like when you provide abortion in a town, um, you can't sometimes get somebody to like do your lawn once a week because you provide abortion or you can't get somebody to repaint your clinic or you can't get somebody to like do just like minor repairs on the fence around your clinic because you provide abortion. You oftentimes can't even drive home the same way every night because you're followed. And so when our audience hears that, I'll never forget this guy in Oklahoma city was like, wait, are you telling me that if as a landscaper, I get a new client, I get paid and me mowing their lawn and turning their hedges once a week is activism. And I was like, yeah, you parking your van in front of that clinic and showing this whole community that your company supports them. That's huge. So it's things like that, that is a real light bulb for folks. And it's really fun. And now I just get to finally have that, that call to action I've always wanted. So has it been really eye-opening? I mean, I know you know from the stories from people you're talking about, but like actually like being there and seeing these people who have to be like escorted to and from the clinic and these throngs of crazy, angry people who are like attacking people just because they're trying to go and live their lives. Yeah. And, you know, the things they say is so outrageous and they're signs. And the thing that's real eye-opening is I think a lot of times because it's not reported on very much, um, people allow themselves to think they're just fringe and that they don't have any power and that they're just terrible people mm. when honestly they're really organized and they're influencing legislation. They have friends in state legislatures and they're getting laws passed, you know, and you look at some of these horrible organizations like um, Operation Save Abortion, like Operation Rescue. I mean, um, a woman who, a woman named Shelly Shannon who um, actually shot Dr. Tiller the first time that didn't kill him, but shot him. She was in jail. She's in Portland. She lives in Portland. Oh my right. God. And she has not shown any remorse. And she is out and living in a halfway house. And yes, she's being monitored, but she is in Portland. And so folks are like, wow, I didn't know that. And so it's really important to understand that um, there's kind of no safe community, um, especially when they talk about access and especially when you talk about poverty and you talk about um, you know, abortion laws, 
you know, just disproportionately affect poor people and people of color. And so um, even though the laws are great, if there's no access to um, get the care you need, um, there's roadblocks. And, you know, you don't really have a right unless you have access to exercise it. I think it's amazing just the point that you made that this isn't reported on. You know, people don't really talk about this. And I'm just in media in general, for the most part, as far as major media. But then you do have outlets like Twitter and Facebook. I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, you know, why you think it's not talked about in a broader term or at least on, on, I guess, what would be the big outlets, and what kind of an influence Twitter and Facebook has on that? Well, it's super interesting because, um, I mean, I think a lot of times it's um, newsrooms are run by people who still consider abortion a wedge issue, and they don't look at it in the larger, broader scope that, you know, full access to, to the autonomy of your own self is a fundamental human right. And, you know, abortion's scary. And and I think that a lot of times, like, cis dudes don't know how to talk about it. And I think that um, unless you have more people who have been affected by this, um, understanding that it needs to be prioritized, um, it's going to lay in these fringe shadows. And even people who are pro-choice and politicians who say they believe in access to abortion will say, yes, but and it's like, but what? Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you, if you would put a caveat on it, you're... Um, contributing to the stigma. Um, and when you talk about Twitter and Facebook, you know, they have Facebook has um, before even Twitter, you know, about, I don't know, I'm going to say around, I'm not sure on the dates exactly, but um, around uh, a year ago or so, um, we had to register to actually take out ads for our shows um, as political advertisers because they've put abortion into um, their advertising categories. So just for us to take out a show, to take out a targeted ad so that folks in Portland know we're coming, we have to get license in our address um, that we take just to say we're coming to Portland to do a show because it has the word abortion in it. And Twitter's now banned it completely. And so with it not being talked about on the news, and then now Twitter and Facebook are making it really hard and Twitter impossible to advertise that we're coming to grow communities so that people can talk about it. Who's actually going to be talking about it if we are having a hard time getting people to come out to our show. So that part has been incredibly hard. Well, speaking of shows, you're on the third leg of, of your tour at this point, right? We are. That's and we're amazing. Coming. We're so excited. I know we're going to be in Eugene on the 8th at the wow. And then we're going to be in Portland at the Alberta Rose on the 12th and then we'll be in seattle um on the 14th at the clock out lounge so yeah we'll be in in oregon for a good solid uh almost a week wow what are you doing clinics doing shows yeah it's really cool because oregon a lot of people don't know um there is um this chain of fake clinics i don't know if you've heard about these but they're terrifying um no they're yeah so in, in America, there's around 720 clinics that provide abortion, but there's over 4,000 of these fake clinics that are funded oftentimes by the Catholic Church or other religious extremists, and they look like abortion clinics, um, and they advertise. If you've ever seen an ad on public transportation that says, or a billboard that says, like, pregnant, need help, um, those are always these shady fake clinics, and so you call them. And they'll be like, oh, come in. We'll talk to you about all your options. 
And then they go, we have free pregnancy tests, and we'll give you a free ultrasound. And then you go there, and they're not run by medical providers. Um, so you have a layman doing an ultrasound and reading it, trying to convince you, if you were thinking about having an abortion, trying to convince you to not. And um, what's happening is there's a chain of them in Oregon um, called Obria. And um, it started in California, and they have started getting the California clinic itself has started getting federal money that they're siphoning off of Planned Parenthood to give to them for um, education when they don't advocate for any kind of like real birth control that works like hormonal birth control, like IUDs or the pill or condoms, they advocate pulling out as the birth control method. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And so abstinence is uh, what they recommend and they don't help anybody. They won't advise or they won't recommend um, folks with all of the options that they might be looking for if they find themselves um, with an unattended pregnancy. And it's pretty scary. And so with federal money going in, the state of Oregon can't stop it. So um, it's only they're funding them in California right now. But what they're trying to do is ex is expand that funding to get to Oregon and Washington, too. So we want to raise the alarm about that. So they're yeah. providing fake medical advice. Under this guise, yeah. but yet receiving yeah. funding. That's Greg. Just side note: I think it's one of those clinics that one that's near your house that we've Is seen that before. One of them? I think that's one of them. Really? Yeah, because I've, I've thought about that before. I will be that now. Heard about them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Um, I know, and a right? lot of folks just don't know. Again, and so you know, for us to just be able to have a conversation with folks and say, "Hey, here's what's up, and here's what you can do." to help, um, you know, there'll be tables at our shows where you can learn more about this over group and how you and your friends can get together and expose who they are. Um, we have a great website that we have with like 30 partners that's called exposefakeclinics.com that talks specifically about fake clinics and how you can help expose them by giving them reviews on Yelp and Google and how you can identify them. Um, and it's pretty great. So it's just one of the things we do with our group, Abortion AF, um, to get out on the road and get people involved. Thank you so much for what you're doing, Liz. I mean, just as a as one human to another, like being able to educate people on something that is being kind of brushed behind the curtain that you don't know about. I mean, it's just I I just I appreciate people like you who come and like put it out into the forefront and educate and let us know what's going on. Well, it's really cool because like, you know, we can do shows like Beth Stelling and I um are in are in um Portland. I mean, and she is like um, she's been on Netflix. She was a writer on Sarah Silverman's show. She is so hilarious. And so the show itself is just like this really amazing night of comedy that's like, um, you know, social criticism and, 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 and political satire and just an amazing night of hilarity. And then you combine that with a, like sort of a Bill Maher-ish conversation. Um, you have this really great entertaining night where you walk away feeling empowered feeling like you can do something, you've had a great time. Like, it's really important to just galvanize people because I think a lot of times the weight of the information we take in every day, it's just exhausting, you know? Yeah. I'm like, can we have a Thunder shirt just to wear to watch the news? <laughs> like, I feel like I really that's just perfect. need somebody to hold me while I watch Seriously. <laughs> well, that's where comedy comes into play, too, to exactly. really help with that. And, and you're right, Beth Stelling's amazing. Um, she's on the show with you, and this is all going to be taking place. I want to remind everybody again. So November 8th in Eugene, for our listeners down there, yep. the Wow Hall is fantastic. At the Wow. Yep, at the Wow, at the wow Hall. And November 12th uh, here in Portland at the Alberta Rose, albertarosetheater.com. So all over Oregon, so you have no excuses not to go and hang out and learn and laugh and have a great time. That's right. Yeah. 
Well, Liz, and, and you can get tickets at aafront.org. We should say that too. Yep. Awesome. I was just going to direct people there. That's very good. aafront.org. So go there for more information on the show. Get tickets, support. And Liz, thank you so much for, for calling in and talking about this. And just like Sarah said, just to reiterate everything that you do. And, uh, and we're so excited for your, for your show. Well, I'm so psyched that I could talk to y'all. Let's not do this every six years. That's right. wrong. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> All right. I like the sound of that. We'll speed that up. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Liz, thank you so much. Thanks so much. I hope I'll see you at the show. Yep. Thanks, Liz. Okay. Awesome. That was so, so great. Good. It's so wonderful to talk oh, to you. So great to blab with y'all. And I can't, hopefully you guys can come out. Yeah, I, I hope, hope so too. Yeah, we have our so we're actually having our ten year anniversary uh, podcast party. It's been a while, so um, we're celebrating our ten years on the fifteenth. So we're uh, amping up for that. But I don't see why we wouldn't be able to swing by and say yeah. hello. Yay! 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 All right. Well, thanks, ha- y'all. You're the best. Yes, All right. You? Thanks, Talk Liz. All right, Liz Winstead. Uh, always great talking to her. And really appreciate her joining us here. She's on delightful. Like Radio. she's always just has her pulse, on, her finger on the pulse of whatever is important, right? Or yeah, it, like she's just a, a good person. Yeah. So so really cool. And thank you once again to her for for joining us here on the show. All right, let's continue on with where we were at. So we were talking <laughs> about you going yes. out in the middle of nowhere, yes. going up your gravel road, or it was a, a gravel road or a dirt road. A dirt road at this point. A dirt so road from gravel to dirt. So you're it's off just the like, gravel now. No, you're. It's like left, right, left, right, and I was just kind of. And then I was freaking out, like when I was driving there. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get home. Oh yeah, because I don't have there, any service. The roads and are winding around. And I forgot to program in like how to get from the middle of nowhere back to Portland. <laughs> so I really, I was genuinely starting to freak out. I'm like, well, I'm, it's too late now. It's I don't some know. big territory out there too. People forget how rural Oregon is. Like you think of Portland and Eugene and Salem and Bend, Oregon, and all these you know bigger cities. But most of it isn't, isn't that. Most of it is like where you were, where there's just nothing. I've never been out in nothing like that by myself before, yeah. like a, in a car by myself driving. Like I even turned my radio off and because I, I was listening to a book and then I just turned it off. I'm like, I just want to be aware of my surroundings. <laughs> so I'm just driving in silence with the crunching of the grit of the dirt like underneath. So I'm trying to find the place. And I'm going up this road and it says – like my map had said – like it kind of had stopped working but it said like to take a right on this thing. So I'm like, all right. So I'm on this dirt road and I take a right. There's like a big gate here. But then there's a right. I'm like, okay, I guess I must take a right. So I go up there and as I'm rounding the bend and I'm – you know, this is kind of – it's very secluded. I haven't seen a house in a while. And I'm up there and all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere, I see a telephone booth. An old-fashioned walk-in blue phone with, like, a glass booth, telephone booth. And I'm, I'm, the first thing that strikes me is I see, like, the giant – there's the, a, a big, like, white light on the top. It says, like, 911 for emergency. Uh-huh. So that's what catches my eye at first. I'm like, what is that? And then I look, at, I look down. I look into the phone booth. And it looks like there's somebody standing inside of the phone booth. And I shrieked. <laughs> I was in my car by myself. I'm like, what the fuck? And I looked because it looks like someone was just standing there in this phone booth as I'm in there. And then next to it as is you're a, driving in the middle of nowhere on the, the side of a gravel road. Of nowhere on the side road. of a dirt road, a one-way dirt road. Yeah. Not enough room for two cars. One-way dirt road as I'm right on the bed. And I see – and as I like sit for a second, I'm like, okay, wait, calm down. What is that? I look and it's a full-size dressed mannequin with long blonde hair and wearing like a nightgown. <laughs> 
inside of this phone booth, just standing there, propped in the corner, looking like she's looking at you. That is messed up. It okay, was even for so messed up. I, I audibly sure I was just like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "I don't know what that is." And then eventually, after I had to like tell my brain, like, "That's not a real person. That's yeah. not a real person." And then next to it, also randomly enough, was an old like Oregonian newspaper dispenser with newspapers in it. I mean, there's so many questions on that part just alone about getting those props, let alone setting them up on this road. Now, is this a driveway you're on at this point? I, yeah. So this was leading up to somebody's house. I don't know if it was their house because the house, that house, it was farther away from the property because it was like pretty far off of the road that I had gone up of. And then it had, you know, all the no trespassing. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So Ew. I had to back all the way back down, which was terrifying. But yeah, so this wasn't, like, right in front of their house. This was, like, on a roadway. Yeah. Like, leading up to a house. Whoa. Yeah. So I, like, finally, I'm like, okay, I need to I need to get a picture of this. But, of course, since it is the country, as I'm trying to take a picture, some dog runs up out of nowhere uh. and starts, like, barking at me. And I'm like, ah! So there's just a random dog? There was a random dog that ran down the road. So it was, like, a, a wood dog? Uh, a country dog's... Yeah, he had a they, collar on and everything. He looked, yeah, they can be a little bit... Uh, ner- Territorial? Uh, yeah, they yeah. can little, be a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes because mm. they're not that used to people. Sometimes they're really friendly. Sometimes you're like, okay, they're going to eat you because you're trespassing That one looked like on it wanted territory. to eat me. Yeah. Depends what kind of owner they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Yeah, we used to have a friend who had a dog who was part wolf. Actually, didn't used to have a friend. He's still my friend, Josiah. Uh, but his, uh, <laughs> yeah, they had this Ew, dog that was, just that was part wolf. And he was also, like, crazy. And so you would go to his house, and you'd have to sprint to get into the house because the dog would be running loose trying to attack you, and it would bite. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was terrifying. Yeah, I don't like that. It, I didn't like that either. No. <laughs> no. It was not fun. Well, yeah, so I was, lo- I was leaning out, like, trying to take a picture, and this dog came. I'm like, nope. So I just backed up. I'm like, okay, well, this is clearly not the right spot because I knew that these people aren't there. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the And that thing is creeping me out, like, it's awesome. Yeah. Because it really did f- scare me. And then I'm also like, where am I? Because it does feel like some sort of like horror movie set. Right. Like, because that's not something that day to day you're, I have, I would be curious to see if anybody else has ever run into a mannequin standing in a phone booth in the middle of the woods. No, that's weird. I mean, we used to have some weird stuff <laughs> where certain houses, because we would, like, because I rode the bus. The school bus, and it was the country bus, so it'd be like going all over the place, uh, out in the middle of nowhere. So I'd see a lot of these random roads you would go up, and there's all kinds of abandoned vehicles and different weird things people would make, yeah. like artwork or whatever you would there want were to some, call like, it. Weird some welded things. things, yeah, 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 and bones, and so you would see some weird stuff that I would just, I just became accustomed to it. I was just like, oh, that's normal. You know, though that property, no, they just have an abandoned school bus on their property, and then they have dogs living in it. Like, oh, that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not normal. No, but that's that's what I that's what I thought was normal. So, so yeah, so you're at this place. Yes. Yeah, so the I, telephone booth. I don't know, man. I mean, that was just I don't know. That's so I'm just like, one. okay, that's weird. So I I took a picture, or I thought I took a picture of it. Um, yeah. So. Then I back up, and then I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is the gate. So I ended up using the code that the agent gave me, and I was able to finally get in. It was like this old, super old metal fence, and it was just wrapped with like a big like a big chain with like the oldest padlock I've ever seen. <laughs> like like an old, like 60s master lock that you like swivel, you know, the numbers to try oh, and get Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, and it was like rusted, so I'm like trying to get – so I finally got it open because you can't get to the property unless you can get the gate open. So I finally got it. Okay, so I do have this. 
just I, I totally forgot that I did this. Because at that we'll point, post these pictures on our Instagram. Page. No, no, no. Well, at this point, I was starting to get a little freaked out because the because um, clearly I knew the client wasn't there because they don't have the password or yeah. the code to get in. I haven't seen anybody except for the creepy lady in the you know in the phone booth. So well, the as mannequin, a, yeah, the wasn't yeah, an actual exactly, mannequin. Yeah, so this is me. So I recorded as I was driving. In theory. What are you doing? I don't know. I was trying to play with the audio, and I don't know why it's not working. Is it turned down? No, it's turned up. Okay, well, maybe it just doesn't work. Okay. Well, anyway, so I recorded myself going up. As soon as I got through the gate, I'm like, I'm just recording this video just in case, like, someone, I'm like, I just found this thing, this mannequin in the phone booth, and I'm out here by myself. I don't know where the person I'm supposed to be meeting is. I'm just going <laughs> up and up and up this hill. If you're somebody who watches way too many horror movies anyway. Yeah, but I mean... That doesn't have to do anything with somebody who watches horror movies finding a mannequin in the middle in a phone booth <laughs> well, in the middle of the I'm woods. saying the combo of those things <laughs> added in is not a great combo <laughs> for for sanity going up to something like that. No. So I'm going up and as I'm driving up the hill I I have the video I'll post it at some point. It's I mean it's not that it's just until you get to the top. So I'm going up and it's just like this looping hill and it's like getting steeper and steeper. As I get to the top it's it's very high up on this mountain hilltop area. And as I get there there on the top of the hill, and I have a picture of this too, which I have not posted yet, is a giant no trespassing sign hanging from it, all different kinds of bones, and on top of it is some sort of animal skull stuck onto the top of the no trespassing. Can I see it? Yes. I, wanna, I, I could probably tell you what kind of animal skull it is. Yeah, it was. Um, so this is just at the top of this okay. run. Yes. So it's at the top of this. This is where you're entering into their property now. You've made it that far. I'm ready to show property in Scapoose. I just took a wrong turn, and I ended up in a dead end, and there was a telephone booth with a mannequin in it standing out there. It is. I'm in the middle of the woods. This is actually slightly terrifying. I mean, beautiful, but terrifying nonetheless. Uh, So I'm getting ready to show this property. The person isn't here. Oh, whoops. Yeah, and so basically... dead end? Yeah, so... Going up there, and I look, yeah, and the thing, yeah, the thing has a skull on top of it, a whole bunch of bones dangling from it, and all it says is, no trespassing. No tres. wait, does it say? No, it says trespassing. Oh, it does have, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, here. No trespassing, with the skull and the, All right, wow. it, has, it has an X, it has bones that are making an X underneath the. Holy shit, yep, yeah, this is some, in particular, this is somebody who's been up there a long time yep. by themselves. Mm-hmm. They have two, like, femurs. Crossed, making an X Crossed, below. and then a jawbone underneath that. A giant jawbone. Looks like a cow's jawbone. And that's either a horse or a cow skull on top of that. Yeah, so that's what right, I, I think see. think it's a cow skull. Right when I'm getting onto the property. That's the first sign as you like are hitting the crest. When I'm getting ready to, to look at the property, a giant cow skull yeah. with a no trespassing with a bunch of random bones hanging from it. Yeah, it's got the cross. What is with me and properties with weird bones, by the way? What do you mean? Remember that happened at that other, when I went to that house and it had the altar in it? Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was super weird. So was... this looks like something out of a nightmare. It's definitely something out of a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Or, I'm telling you, that's just, that's rural Oregon. That's just what it is? That's just what it is, man. All right. So I get there. So the property itself is gorgeous. It has like a pasture and it has, um, it has you know, potential for, for a lot. However, it does also have a lot of the stuff that the old owners have. So do uh, they still they live there? They do not live there. 
Okay. But it's like a it's this it's right on the top of the hill. I don't know, hill mountain? Is that a mountain? It could be either one. Okay, I think it's a mountain. It's on the top of a mountain, and it kind of overlooks uh, everything, and it's just the view is stunning. It's really beautiful because you kind of come out of the woods, and there's this big, like, pasture area because um, the people that I'm working for, like, want to, like, do farming and stuff, and they really like the area. So then we're walking around because there are a couple, like, structures still on the property. But, yeah. I mean, they're falling down, so they're like old workshops and gotcha. things. Gotcha, okay. You know, the doors don't hinge. The windows are broken. Yeah, like you don't want to be inside of them because they're going to fall over. Exactly. But, it, yeah, and they're just like really dusty. They haven't been used for a while. So the first one that we walk into, we're looking at this at this building. It's like a little shack thing. And so we go in, and I'm like, okay, well, this is probably a tool shed. And I look at it. At first glance, you see a bunch so of – So your client's there. Yes. So, yeah, so they're there. Yeah, and so because she's you know interested in buying the property, so we're looking around at, yeah. at the property. So when we go into the uh, what I believe was the tool shed, and you know when you come in, there's like you know nails and stuff littered on the ground, and it's all normal. And then I look, and there's like on the workbench, there are a bunch of stuffed animals, like stuffed teddy bears and like different animals, but a few of them have like their insides ripped out. <laughs> what? <laughs> like there was like something stored Wait, what? in them or something. I am not joking. I took a like picture. stuffed like teddy bears like where they've been bears. like gutted. Not gutted, but I think like maybe there was something inside of them. What? I don't know. It was very strange. Uh, that's, so there are a couple. It's of being them. noted in our live chat, John just said, "Sounds like you found the Yellow King from True Detective." Um, oh yeah, so there's like there's some of them. I, d- I guess I didn't get the one that was ripped open. Yeah, but here's a here are some of them. Look, that was in the tool shed. Okay. There's like a stuffed tiger and some bunnies, and then one of them was down there. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening there. So um, so that's there. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. And you know, and I think that she's more looking at the property, and I'm more fascinated by all of the weird stuff. Right. So, you know, and then she's just like, well, I'm going to go look over here. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, I'll be there in a sec. So I was looking in there. And I see a piece of paper, like a, like a stapled, like, I know, three pieces of paper stapled together. And I look on the table. And the top of it says, the last will and testament of blank, blank. What? No. Yes. Is this all set up? Is there like, is this going to end up with like a camera crew coming out of you? I don't know because like it is a will that is signed. I will not say the name or anything. Can it I is, see it? Yeah. All right. So go that way. So that's the first page, second page, third page. Yeah. So it's an actual will, last will and testament of somebody. And it's laying in there. It's all signed. It's dirty. I don't know how old it is. It looks like a really old piece of paper. Is there a date on there? I think there is on the on the signature page. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is weird, Sarah. Yeah. No. No way. Yep. The date? What? Do you see what the, the date no, says? No, I didn't look at it because I was only in there for a second. I just took the pictures so that I could look later. In testimony thereof, I have signed and declared this instrument to me by last will and testament. This 23rd day of March, 1984. Are you serious? That says 1984. Oh, I didn't even look. I was just busy because I just wanted to get the pictures and then I was going to look at it later. What the hell? Oh, wow. Yeah. The last will and testament and it's signed. Uh, what happened on this property? I don't know. I don't know. Why and why is it just laying out in a shed? I don't know. It was just sitting there. It's an unlocked shed too. Like the door wasn't even open. The door was like this is like open. signed and 
and notarized. Notarized. Yeah. Oh wow, man, that's uh, I don't know. That's just a weird place to be leaving you a think? will laying around. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. 1984. Yeah. So. That happened. Wow. And then I think that was the scariest one. And then there were also, like, on a couple of the uh, other shacks, there was one that they made, um, you know, the water spouts. So sometimes, like, in Portland, they make them with, like, little tin cups or, you know, like, ropes for, like, the uh, water, like a drain system from the top of the yeah. – from a roof so, like, the water can run down. They had those made of bones. <laughs> this is pretty weird. Look, the water rundowns are made of rib bones. Just ribs. Dingling around. Wait, so that, that's... That's a different shack. Oh, the okay, the... Yeah, so this is a different shack that has a bunch of rib bones strung together. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to wrap I my know. mind around. Yes, I... I'm just giving you all of this. This is... This is just so... Like, why are they on there? I don't know. But it was a ton of them. <laughs> this is some freaky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So Were there, was was there was any the... livestock up there? Nope. Nope, there was uh, – it looked like they had a, a chicken coop, so they had chickens, and then there was some um, some excrement that led to believe that there were uh, definitely, like, horses or cows there okay. at some point. But, um, yeah. Man, this is weird. Yeah. Is that a hot tub? Yes. That is a hot tub. It's <laughs> a hot tub. All right. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I suppose Maybe. after a long day uh... – Yep. Stringing up whatever. So anyway, the property itself was gorgeous. That's a long day. Of um, but even t- the even the the person the I was showing it to, she was weird. like, "We're gonna have to do some cleansing <laughs> ceremonies here." I'm like, yeah, I would think so. I was like, if yeah, the property it, looks great. The property itself is is stunning. I mean, it's really really pretty. Wow. But that was because I didn't notice anything, and then the more we looked around, the more I, w- I realized how weird it was. Yeah, maybe it was just to keep people out of there or something, but I don't know, man. That's weird. Yeah. That's some weird stuff. Yeah, when I found – when I was showing it to her too, I'm like, um, this is somebody's will. And I was just like, uh, okay, that's right. I think it, like, she was just kind of weirded out, and I'm just fa- – I'm fascinated by the weird, and I think she was just like, yeah, let's just uh, – that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I might want to live here. Maybe I don't need to know Don't want to know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, though, that you get to go see that. It was it was pretty neat. I mean, I will say it wasn't a super – that's what I do. I mean, real estate is stressful and crazy and stressful. Did I say stressful? I meant stressful. Uh-huh. But it does allow you to get to see some, like, pretty interesting things that you'd never get the chance to see, ever. I would never get to see – get to see, like, a weird boneyard at the top of a mountain and yeah. scapoose. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. uh, right. I think we're so I think we might be going back to look at it again this weekend. Ooh. Wait, do you want me to go up there? Is that what you're saying? You can maybe come if you want. I don't know. I'll think about it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't, don't know. know if I no, want no, to. I don't know if you should. No. <laughs> Plus I'd have to ask them. But yes. It's um it, I just almost want you to see it because it doesn't sound real. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I mean, there's enough weird properties near where I grew up that I've been up to a couple of them where I could definitely see that. There's some really weird ones that were very close to my parents' house that I've I've never gotten to see, but I wish I could have. Mm-hmm. We would have just all kinds of just junk and then decorations and 
like, I want to know what is in that mm-hmm. house. But then you're afraid to go sneak into some of those or sneak up on those properties because, <laughs> you know, they're going to shoot you. So, like, that's a legitimate oh, concern. Yeah. No, I You're going to get shot so you don't do I have that. Con- I have country fear. I'm, I'm very, yeah. like, I just make sure I'm, like, standing. I'm not walking in the woods. I'm not doing anything. No, yeah, it says don't trespass. In the wide open. You probably shouldn't. Not this. Yeah. Well, mine said don't Even if your intentions had, are not. I had permission to go. Well, no, I know you yeah. did. I'm just saying. But they did all have all the scary signs and then with the skull on top of the no mm-hmm. trespassing. Probably thing. a couple of signs that had bullet holes. I just didn't notice it either. Oh, no. There, I saw some bullet holes. Yeah. One of the um, shacks had bullet holes in the window. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that is so amazing. I don't know what else we can do with this show after that. Um, I think that. I think we've covered. Yeah. We've covered everything. At this I will point. say I, I did. I was unfamiliar with Scapoose, and now I'm kind of I'm strangely fascinated by it. Like I want to go back and see more. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. It was. It was straight. And it's so close to Portland, too. I didn't realize how close Scapoose was. Oh, they're all close. They're so close. Like I said, Portland's not it took me exactly as big f- as you think. From the tippy top of that mountain to our studio, it took me 41 minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. You hit really amazing traffic. Yeah, it was. Or like zero traffic. Yeah. I left it yeah, at 11.59 and got here at 12.40. And got to the killing shed real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean property. <laughs> All right, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Once again, thank you to Liz Winstead. Also, thank you to everyone who's picking up your tickets for the Fun Employment Radio 10-year anniversary party. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Let tell them know. Tell your family. Tell your loved scream ones. Tell it your from, enemies. Scream it from the rooftops. And uh, we are very excited for this coming up, so we really are looking forward to seeing everybody. And thank you to everybody who tunes into this show wherever you listen. However you listen. Uh, shout out to Patch from Cincinnati who wrote Hi, us on Patch. Twitter. Patch was uh, talking about preparing himself for this trip because Patch is going to be out here too. Oh, my God. We are so looking forward. Also, so- once again, a uh, reminder to everybody who is also coming in from uh, far out of town, uh, send us an email and uh, and just let us know because there's a little something. Oh, there's yeah. a little something. A little something. That sounds you weird. That Don't in. say that. There's a little something. No. A little something. Ew. Do you voice. live in the shed in Scapoos and I didn't know? There's a little something up there. First you got a side of a little Ew, you sound like, uh, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio from uh, Men in Black. A little sugar water. Uh, give me some more sugar. <laughs> Jesus. Where are you going to go? Yep. Yeah, um, be sure to follow us on Instagram because I'm going to post that picture of the no trespassing sign with all the bones on it um, from our Instagram account with this episode. There it is. Follow yep. Fun Employment Radio. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Dot com. Bye, friends. Stop it. Stop it.